have heard it being preached or taught in some context, but, but maybe haven't really gone to the depth of its true meaning. For those who are new, we're currently in a series titled, I Am. We're looking at the seven I Am statements that Jesus made. The seven I Am statements that he made to clearly communicate who he was to the world. And so we land this morning on the statement, I am the door. And I know for many of us, we've probably seen that on on some nice t-shirts, on a nice coffee cup. But I haven't really understood fully what it means. And so I I had us look and hear uh, quite a big chunk of scripture, John chapter 10, 1 to 18, where Jesus makes the claim, not only I am the door, but I am the good shepherd. Now again, many of us would know I am the good shepherd. We maybe even link it to Psalm 23. Again, a passage many of us are familiar with if you've been in the church for a while. And so we miss out on I am the door because the two are so closely linked. I am the door and I am the good shepherd. They are so closely linked, it's so much easier to run to the good shepherd piece and then neglect the door. And so what we've done is we've separated the two because I believe Jesus intended it to be that way. He wanted us to understand what it meant when he said, I am the door. And then move over to, I am the good shepherd. Because these beautiful truths, when understood in their fullness, have a tremendous impact on our lives. And so this morning I want to spend some time on I am the door. And then next week, chat a little bit about I am the good shepherd. And then hopefully when you bring those two together, you'll understand, wow, this is what Jesus meant. This is what Jesus meant. And so to do that, we're not only going to look at the biblical truth, something that we do Sunday in, Sunday out, that at Rooted Fellowship, we're about this. This dictates who we are, where we're going, the scriptures. So we want to see the biblical truth this morning. But but to understand when Jesus says, I am the door and I am the good shepherd, we've we've got to understand a little bit of the historical context. We've got to understand a little bit of the cultural context. Because when Jesus made those claims as a Jewish man in a Jewish context, they would sit there and just go, yeah, that makes sense. I may not understand the biblical truth, but I understand the analogy or the story or the parable that Jesus is making. But for us, because we're so far removed from that time, so far removed from that culture, we completely miss it. See, for example, uh, when I read I Am the Door for many years, in my mind, the picture that I would have was this, this, this house, right? This really small house somewhere in the Middle East. And maybe it's got some nice windows and then a nice big door in the middle with a handle and hinges and everything. That's the picture that I got. But because I didn't understand the historical context and the culture, I missed it completely. That's not what Jesus meant. And so I want us to take a step back, and I'm going to do that in a moment, to paint a picture so that we can almost experience it firsthand, as if we were standing right there when Jesus was saying, I am the door, so that we might anchor ourselves in the beautiful biblical truth. And so I'm going to read, I am the door, where we get that from. I'm going to read those few verses. There's only three. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I ask that you pray for me, that God would do something more powerful than we could ever imagine right here this morning. And then we'll get to work. All right? 
And so if you have your Bible open or an electronic device, you can meet me in John chapter 10, verse 7, but I believe it will be up on the screen as well. Hear these words of our Father. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you that it's living and active, that it continues to move and shape us. I ask that our hearts would be open this morning that we would hear from you. I pray against any distractions. May our hearts be still. I've prayed it before and I'll pray it again. Would you meet us where we are? You know where everyone is, where they're coming from, the struggles they may have, the challenges that they're facing. I ask that you would meet them where they are and that you would do that through your word. I ask that you would speak through me, that I would be your vessel. And so it's to that end that I ask that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my mouth those things you'd have us know, say, and do. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' beautiful, 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 beautiful name. Amen. I am the door. Now, I know it doesn't sound as cool as the other I am's. In fact, I'm going to be honest, when, when I looked at it and I realized I had to preach on it, I was like, man, this is one of those where it's like, okay, I am the door, right? I'd rather be preaching on I am the light and have these cool analogies of how the light shines in, in the darkness. I am the bread that I will sustain you. I am all that you need. When you are hungry, I will give you good food. But I am the door. It's kind of like, okay, I'm the door. And we only find it in three verses, and then that's it. Then he jumps into, I am the good shepherd. So it kind of feels like, well, Jesus, why did you mention it? Why talk about it? It feels so insignificant to all the other I am statements. But hear this. Let me paint a picture for you. Let me give you some historical context, some cultural context. Because here's the thing. As a shepherd, in the time of Jesus in the Middle East, they didn't keep the sheep like we keep sheep today. See, I was at the zoo yesterday, and they had some sheep there, and it was kind of like a, kind of a gate, well-built. had a, like a, a door with a latch on it, and a, it was just amazing. It was well, well-engineered. They even had like an electric fence. I wasn't too sure... If that was to protect the sheep or to protect me. I wasn't, it was kind of weird. But to bring you into the historical and cultural context of Jesus, you have to understand that that's not how the sheep pens were built. They weren't built like that. You see, what they did is they would take rocks and put them on top of each other and kind of build a, a, a square, if you will, probably about this high, So high enough that the the sheep wouldn't be able to climb over it. But then they would leave a gap right in the middle. A gap where the door was meant to be. 
It'd be wide open. There'd be nothing there. Because what would happen is, is the, the shepherd would bring in the sheep after the day. After the day of grazing out on the fields, he'd bring them into this enclosement. And then at night, he would lie in that gap. He would lie in that gap, covering that space with his own body. See, they understood it when Jesus said it to them. Because they looked around and it was like, well, that's, that's what it looks like now. I am the door. What Jesus is saying is, I am that door. I am that, that instrument that covers this gap so that nobody can go in and nobody can go out. It's unbelievably important for us to understand that and to see it the way it was meant to be seen. It's not this pretty door that has a handle on it and that you open it and you go in. And that's not what it is. But it's rather the shepherd declaring that he is that door. I am the door. Three important things that we're going to learn from this passage this morning. When we understand that Jesus is the door, we're going to learn three things. We're going to see Jesus' protection, Jesus' presence, and then Jesus' provision. Jesus' protection, his presence, and his provision. Made it real simple for you guys. May them all start with P. I feel really, really Baptist this morning. Because that's what Baptists do. Everything kind of rhymes and it's, it's really cool. When Jesus says, I am the door, he's communicating to us that he is our protection. That he is present in our lives. And that he will provide for us. He's Protection, what he means by that is, is at night, he would, the, the shepherd would lie in this gap. And so if any wild animal, be it a bear or a wolf, wanted to come in and eat the sheep, they would have to come over the shepherd's body. That was the only way that they could gain access to the sheep, was to, to come over the shepherd's body to go through the door. And so if that happened, the, the shepherd would wake up and, and begin to fight off this wild animal, protecting his flock. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, listen, people, for those who have crossed the line of faith, for those who have given their lives to, to, to Jesus, I will protect you. I will protect you from whatever is out there in the world that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. I am your protection. But here's the thing. He's not only protecting us from what's out there. He's protecting us from ourselves. Because the, think about it. The, the, nothing could come in, but now the, the, for the sheep to go out, they would have to go over his body as well. And boy, do we need protection from ourselves. You're probably sitting in here going, no, 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 but hold on. Oh, no, I'm a Christian. Surely I've got it all together. Really? Really? When was the last time you were filled with rage and anger towards someone? When was the last time you were tempted into lust? 
When was the last time you desired yourself over others around you? We need protection. Our hearts need protection. Because when they are left on their own, when they are left on their own, all they desire is self. To please self. To give to self. We never think about those around us. And so when you're in that space, I don't know if you've ever felt it, I feel it all the time. When I'm in that space, when, when I go, you know what, man, I just want to give that person a piece of my mind. I want them to know who I am. How dare they disrespect me? Oh, wh- hold on. If I, if I maybe change the numbers here just a little bit, I could get a little bit more on my tax return. It's not going to hurt anyone. Or maybe I'm lying on my bed and I'm thinking to myself, if I just go to that one website... Just that one website. To look at that, that image that I'm hoping will satisfy me and give me all that I need. When, when I'm at that place, I feel a tug on my heart. Pulling me in, reining me back in. Saying, you don't need that. You don't need their acceptance. You don't need that image of that woman or that man to satisfy you. It's pulling me back in. I think of the shepherd lying there at night and me wanting to get over and and just a, a soft, tender nudge to go back in. It's better here. It's much better here. Don't go out there in the wilderness in the dark I know the, the, the little shimmers of light may appear to, to be like, that's a good thing for me to go to. But not realizing that it'll only lead to my destruction. It's a gentle tug from the shepherd. That door is for my protection. It's for my protection. When Jesus says, I am the door, he wants you to know that you are protected, that you are cared for. But here's the other one, the the, the one that we tend to miss. We assume it, but because we don't really grasp our hearts around it, we can miss it. And that Jesus says, not only am I your protection, but I am present. I am here. I am fully here. The fact that he's lying there means that he's, he's there, he's present. Let me ask you this. When do you feel most fearful? When do you, think about it. When do you feel most fearful? For me, it's when I'm staring at uncertainty. When I have no idea what's in front of me. It can be at night, you hear something in the house and you begin to walk down the stairs. They do this all the time in the movies. I don't know why they just turn the lights on, right? But, but maybe, maybe the, the lights aren't working and so you walk down the stairs. You, there's uncertainty in front of you and you are gripped with fear. Or maybe it's uncertainty of what the future holds. I don't have to go deep into this. We're living in a time in our country when there's so much uncertainty be it economically, politically, 
even relationally. Here I thought we were the rainbow nation. Now people are talking about being beyond the rainbow. So much uncertainty. That's when we are most fearful. And so, and so the, the, the shepherd is lying there where the door is meant to be. So therefore saying, I am the door and I am present. And it was always at night. It was always at night. When we are completely uncertain. Jesus says, listen, in your uncertainty I am here. I am present. I haven't left I am here. And I feel like so many of us need to hear that. So often we we talk about Jesus being sovereign and him seated on the throne, but then we live as if he's taking a bathroom break. And so we begin to panic and and we like, what are we going to do? How are we going to, what's happening? Jesus is seated on his throne, fully in control. He is present. He is present in your life, present in your situation present in whatever uncertainty you're facing. When he says, I am the door, in a sense what he's saying is, I am here. I am here. Not only to protect you, but to give you that assurance, that assurance of that protection. Protection. Presence. And the last one is provision. Provision. He, he says it here in the text. Verse 9, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go, will go in and out and find pasture. He will go in and out and find pasture. Provision. That you will have something to eat. Something that will nourish you. That will sustain you. But here's the thing. You might be sitting here and going, it doesn't feel like God is providing for me. I looked at my bank account last night. It doesn't feel like he's providing. Look at my health. Or look at those around me. It doesn't look like he's providing. We want to run to those things assuming that that's what Jesus means. That's not the provision that he's talking about here in the text. It's a different kind of provision. He actually talks about it in verse 10. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. The provision that Jesus wants to give you is life and life to the full. He says, those who come through the gate... They will go out and find pasture. They will find life. And they will find it in me. That's what Jesus is saying. You will find life in me. Not in success. Not in relationships. Not in money. Not in health. But in me. And when you truly understand that, man, you can walk in the midst of anything and find joy because you have life. You've gone through the gate. That's the promise that he makes to us. 
constantly running to, to all these other things, hoping that they will provide for us, that they will give us life. But they will never be enough. They all have a ceiling. Each and every one of them, no matter how good it is, it has a ceiling. It'll never provide for you the way Jesus says he will provide for you. And that is life in all its fullness, in all its joy. An unbelievable, beautiful, biblical truth made in this one statement, I am the door. And I know we, we, this is what we've done as the church. We've almost assumed the role of the door. We've stepped in the role of Jesus, and so now we go, oh, no, 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 hold on. Let, let, Jesus might need a little bit of help, and so maybe let, 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 us, let us as a church become the door. And so maybe when we become the door, then we can open and close it as we please. We can open and close it as we please. And so we come up with all these different requirements that people have to have in order for them to come through the door. We almost act as bouncers, as if Jesus needed bouncers. It's like, no, 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 hold on. You, you, you need to have your act in place before you can come through this door. You need to have your life together before you can come through this door. Oh, you want to experience God's protection and presence and provision? Well, this is what you need to do. Let me whip out this list. You need to show up to church every Sunday. You need to show up to your weekly Bible study. You need to give. You need to and, 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 and. Hoping that, man, we're in charge of this door. We can open and close it as we please. That's not the case. Yes, there's a beautiful truth that the only way to come into this protection, the only way to experience His presence, the only way to be provided for in the way that He says He will provide is to come through Him. That's true. And that's, it's, it's a biblical truth. But I want you to know that that door is open. Jesus has made it wide open. And anyone who acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior can come right through it. doesn't matter where you are in life. Oh, but if you, if you only knew what I did, if you only knew my past, if, if you only knew what I did last night, my response to that is that that door is open. That protection is there for you. His presence is there for you. He wants to provide for you. The only way, the only way to the Father is through His Son, Jesus Christ. The only way is to walk through that door. But it is wide open. Some of you need to hear that. Even for those who have crossed the line of faith, who are now in Christ, sometimes we do stuff and we think, man, I, I just... I don't know if I'll ever be allowed back in. That's not how it works. It is wide open. And all you are to do is to acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior. And that door is wide open for you. 
But you might be hearing this for the first time, and, and maybe you've heard from churches or people going, no, listen, this is what you need to do, and uh, these are the requirements, and because oh, we're the gatekeepers. We, we, we open and close as we please, depending on whether you have everything together. That's not true. See, people who, who do that, I believe, as Jesus says that they are like the, the thieves and the robbers. They, they want to steal from you. They want to steal from you. The door is wide open. We, we, we see this in Revelation chapter 4. This is John, who was a, one of Jesus' disciples. He's been banished to this island after being beaten time and time again. Because he was going around telling people about this door that is wide open and that anyone can come through it. Doesn't matter where you grew up, how much money you have, where you were edu- educated, anyone can come through this door. And so people didn't want that because it's like, hold on, that, that means we don't have control anymore. That means we can't dictate who can go in and out. Wait, hold on. They didn't like that. And so they, they took him and they beat him and then they left him on this island to die. And so, and so God says, listen, It's not over for you yet, John. I want you to see something beautiful. And so he gives them this vision, and that's where we get the book of Revelation from. But I want to read these few verses to you. This is now John. Imagine lying on the sand, wondering, wondering if any of this was worth it. Wondering, maybe, maybe even wondering if any of this was true. Surely this is not how my life should end. I'm here going from place to place, telling people about this door that is wide open for anyone who would come. God gives them a vision. Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 1. After this I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. Behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. John sees a door standing in heaven wide open. And then he hears an invitation. John would have remembered Jesus' words in John chapter 10, where he declared to the world, I am the door. He would have connected those two and gone, that door is still open. That door is still open. For those who would, who would hear the invitation... So often we think, oh, this door, it's, it's like a bouncer. Jesus is maybe like a bouncer. So I've spoken about us being the bouncer, but maybe Jesus is the bouncer going, no, you can't get into heaven. Well, the door's always closed and, and you've got to do all these things and, and magically then it'll open. No, that door's standing wide open. And there's an invitation being made for you to come. He hears the voice say to him, Come. That invitation has been made this very morning through his word 
to come. Notice it doesn't say get your act together and then come. No, it simply says come. Come and experience the protection that I have for you. Come and experience this this presence. The fact that I am always there. When you understand that, then when you read passages like I will never leave you nor forsake you, gosh, it just makes so much more sense. He is always there. Yes, the, the tomb is empty. The cross is empty. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, but what is he doing? He is continually praying for you by name. Jesus knows you by name, and he is praying for you. The scriptures say he's interceding for us. He is praying for you. He hasn't left you. He will never leave you. All of that anchored on these simple words, I am the door. He will provide for you. That that John, probably at the worst in his life. Some of you probably thinking you're at the worst in your life. That door is wide open. And that promise that he made, where he says, I will give you life and I will give it to you abundantly, still stands. I've said this before and I'll say it again. See, the Christian life is made up of of either you're walking into a fire, you're currently in a fire, or you're just left one. That this side of heaven, we will find many struggles, many challenges. That that whoever's out there selling this, no, 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 health, wealth, prosperity, that's not true. I don't see that in the scriptures. But rather I see men and women who faithfully love God going through their everyday lives and challenges but holding on to that promise where he says I will give you life and I will give it to you abundantly. And so it allows us to navigate through those tough times and still find joy and peace. That that the world should look to us and go, why are you not leaving? Things are getting hectic here. Why are you not fleeing like everyone else? Why are you not giving up? Our answer should be because he said, I am the door. He simply said it, I am the door. That's what I anchor all of this on. And yes, we'll get to I am the good shepherd and it'll flesh out a little bit more and we'll understand what it means and and how he leads the sheep and how he takes them to that green pasture. All of that is beautiful, but we first must understand that he is the door. Wide open. Making an invitation to you and me to simply come. That we might be protected. That we might experience his full presence. And that we might live out of this life that he has given us. Life to the full. Abundantly. That changes the game completely. It should for you as well. That yes, we think about I am the light and we love it and we, we, can, we can talk about it for days. Or I am the resurrection and the life. That he brings us from a dead place to a, a now a place of life. But a simple I am the door 
should bring joy to our hearts, should allow us to enter this relationship with Jesus in such a different way. Knowing that we are protected, knowing that he is there for us always, always. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that the promise that he has made to give life abundantly, life to the full, man, should, we should leave here going, look, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for me. I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what tomorrow has in store for me. But I know that he is the door. And because he is the door, man, I get to experience life and life to the full. Not only one day when he returns, but on this very day. On this very day. So I'm going to pray for us in closing, but, but I'm going I'm to be still for a moment before I pray. And I really want you to think about the claim that Jesus is making. And I want you to think about your own life. Where are you not experiencing Jesus' protection? Where, where in your life do you feel like he's not there? That his presence is not there? And are you truly going to him for life? Or are your, your eyes being turned away to other things, hoping that they will fulfill you, that they will satisfy you? I want us to pause for a moment and just to think about that. And then I'm going to pray that that would not be the case. That that lie that's been sold to us would not grip our hearts. And so let's, let's pray. You can close your eyes. You, you can do whatever makes you feel comfortable. But I want you to think about those three things. Am I not feeling His protection? Am I not feeling His presence? Am I not feeling His provision? In what areas of my life is that? And so, Father, I come to you now, crying out to you, pleading with you, that we would truly experience you for who you are. Jesus, in these, in these few verses, unpacks such a, a profound and beautiful truth. And this should leave us uh, feeling like we are loved more than we could ever imagine. that nothing that we do is beyond the forgiveness of the cross. Nothing that we've done or that's been done to us is beyond the forgiveness of the cross. But rather there's an invitation that's been made. And all we are to do is come. And so I pray for us as the church that as we are sheep, in that sheep pen, that we would live lives in such a way that those who come past and see and savor and, and taste would go, there's something different about that community. There's something different about those individuals. How is it that we have lost hope? How is it that we are gripped by fear? How is it that the uncertainty controls us, but yet they live the same 
lives that we live but are gripped by joy and hope. And then our one answer would be because he said he's the door. And that you can come in. That he invites us in. You can come in. I hope that that would be the cry of our hearts. And so I pray for everyone here, Lord. I pray for myself that I'm in desperate need of you. I'm in desperate need of your grace and your mercy and your love. And so even as we sing, may our hearts cry out to you. In Jesus' beautiful, beautiful, beautiful name. Amen.